0: Follow along on my journey of learning from the best backcountry hunters each week as we explore valuable information I use to find success in the backcountry. Let's get to the show. Okay, welcome to the Finding Backcountry Podcast. Been a been a hot minute, but we are back on the mic, and uh, none other than my buddy Sam. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good, good. Like we were just talking, I uh shut it down for the hunting season and decided to fire it back up. I've been you and I've been going back and forth for what, it's been a week or two, a few weeks now trying to kind of coordinate or whatever, but yeah, when you don't do it for a living, you uh you take take it when you can get it and it's not that big a deal if I don't get an episode out. So I'm sure the people that listen along don't like that, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah. They don't like it. They start their own
0: podcast. Yeah. You know, they probably will. It's, uh, <laughs> it's one of those things I'm, I'm sure that in, and I, and I, I have my own opinion on this, but I think in 10 years, podcasting will be like social media pages. You know, I think everyone will have one, honestly. Um, may, maybe not, uh, cause it's pretty, you know, it's a little bit more, a little bit more of a barrier to entry or a little more extensive than just opening up an Instagram page or whatever, but they'll definitely, they're going to keep coming. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. What's, what's your take on that? Do you have like, are, are you starting to feel like you're getting overwhelmed with like hunting podcasts? Do you feel like there's not enough good ones out there or where, where's your take? And there's, there's a lot of them out there that I think are good and informational, but I,
1: most of the ones I listen to are just, for the entertainment purposes more than anything. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we, uh, I think we have this debate with ourselves at, at uh, where I work and, uh, of, you know, like what content to put out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, when I listen to a podcast, I basically just want to be entertained. Like, I just want to listen to Good hunting stories, or a couple guys BSing about some hunts, and even some gear or whatever. Um, you know, some gear talk and stuff can get mixed in, and, and even tactics. But generally speaking, like, I'm I think 75% of the time, I'm just looking to be like entertained with some, you know, campfire talk. I don't know, is that kind of how you are?
1: Yeah, I, I, my favorite ones are usually. You know, there's a lot of humor involved, you know, Kavaru <laughs> cast. Um, I don't yeah. know if you ever listened to Pat McAfee stuff.
0: Uh uh-uh. Who's that?
1: No, I uh, uh, used to be a punter for the Indianapolis oh, Colts. Yeah.
0: yeah. I knew that name Absolutely, sounded familiar. Yeah.
1: Absolutely hilarious. I'm not a big sports guy, but the, <laughs> just the interaction amongst the crew is hilarious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, for me, it's like a, a good gear review is always nice or whatever, but um, honestly, if I'm, if I'm getting serious about a gear review or breaking down a piece of equipment or something, I'll go to YouTube, you know, where I can like see it. And, and that's kind of been my thought um, as I've, you know, all these podcasts are jumping up, I think, uh, and I actually haven't listened to a single episode, but I know Remy Warren's got kind of a, a unique format where he does, It from the outside looking in, it seemed like he's doing like a shorter version of a of a specific hunting story that he had, and then he's mixing in like his like one basic or specific tip about that you know scenario or something, which I I think is pretty unique, but. Yeah, I've heard about his stuff. I haven't. I haven't actually listened to one of his podcasts yeah. yet. Well, I mean, he's one of those guys. You know, he's the real deal. It's like, he's a, yeah, he's a any, killer. Anytime that you can get him on, you know, he's the type of guy. When you see his name pop up on a podcast, you just you're going to listen to it, you know, because he's yeah. he's he's not like me that has guys like you. He's like the guy like you that gets just gets it done. <laughs> I don't. I'm not. Uh, I'm not at that level. Yeah. I'll prove. I'll prove that. Uh, I'll prove that sentence wrong here by the end of this podcast. <laughs> what, uh, <clears throat> so I ran into you in the summer and uh, we were up shooting bow. Well, you were shooting bows, I don't think I got a fling arrow, but we're yeah. up at the uh, uh, big sky,
1: yeah, that's right? yeah, a larger challenge, yeah, yeah. Uh, weather,
0: yeah, was, weather was a lot nicer. It was,
1: yeah it was gorgeous and uh made the beers go down really really good at the end of the night which i'm sure <laughs> you saw
0: yeah we i there's a couple of you guys that stopped by and uh, you're having a little bit more fun than i was <laughs> <laughs> i was having a great time <laughs> yeah no that's i mean i'm not a drinker but that you know that's the place if you're gonna go throw some back i guess you know yeah, shoot was... some bows with your buddies or whatever yeah. It was perfect. It was a good weekend. Yeah. But yeah, we, uh, we got talking and I, I think I even asked you, you know, and, and this is kind of what we were going to talk about on this podcast, but I, we got talking cause I knew that you had hunted that, um, you know, you're, you're, uh, living up here in Montana and you were going to hunt that unlimited cheap tag again. Yep. And was it, was that, so was it, had you hunted it just one year before this, before this year? So this is your second year
1: yeah it was the second year actually hunting it. Uh, last year, I didn't get a chance to hunt it. I got back. I was working in Alaska for a couple of months That's and right. I got back and it closed season closed. the quota was filled the day after I got home from Alaska. so there I did too. not get a chance to hunt it last year
0: well, just just a preface and you know, I think we'll back up a little bit and just kind of get some background on you, but um you know, this is one of those there there's a I think there's a lot of tough hunts out there. Um, I've had, I've been on a few, um, I think there's a lot of easy hunts out there. Um, I also am interested in your perspective on, you know, just, I I think that there's a lot of animosity in the hunting world, um, over, you know, we're not all in the same playing field. Right. And so, you know you look at guys that have opportunities to hunt on say private land, you know, hill ranches in Colorado or whatever and it's tough for the the masses or the general public or people who are you know looking from the outside in to to not chime in, you know, when someone like that kills a big bull on on a private ranch and then you know you just you just see that in the hunting industry. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? Just kind of that yeah. like, yeah. Well, then on the other end of the spectrum, um, I think that there's hunts like like this over-the-counter sheep tag that you figured out um, that are just, there's no disputing that it's it's the ultimate. I mean, it's like the real deal, you know, and, and no one can take that away from guys like you that, that figured out and do that. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm fascinated by that whole, just that whole conversation of how we you know how we look at all those different type of hunts and um you know how we treat each other as hunters and and i i i try really hard to not have strong opinions on stuff like that because you know it's like just put your head down and just do what you love and i just like to hunt you know and and i yeah. think a lot of guys are like that but um when i see a guy like you uh that i've known for a while now and I see you pull off something like you did. It, it just, it really, it really earns my respect. You know, not that that's worth anything really, but my point yeah. And and I I'm, appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no. And and what I'm circling around to is, you know, it's real easy to to see the other end of the spectrum when guys don't necessarily. They're. It's easier than it that it even looks. You know, on on some of those hunts where they show up and. You know, it's, they're untouched animals and I don't care. I don't care what any of those guys say. You know, if you're hunting a big bull on, you know, 400,000 acres of private land, he is just going to act different than a bull that's been killed on public land on an over the counter unit that's been called his whole life, you know, every single, you know, day of September for, you know, eight years now or whatever. Anyway. And so my hat goes off to guys like you. I want to get as much info out of you as I can here, um, and just get the whole kind of the whole story of how you went about this and how you conquered it, and um, just really try to learn. You know, I the other part of this story is I I grew up in Southern Nevada, and for years I looked at this hunt and I was just like, man, like this someday I'd love to take this on, but you know when it's a 15 hour drive from down where I was it's really hard just for the scouting purposes alone you know you kind of feel like you have to give a hunt like this your full attention and just the logistics of all that made it really hard well now I live in northwestern Wyoming and you know you probably killed the sheep not too far from where I live you know and so it's it's become a lot more real for me so this is like any podcast that I do it's purely selfish um you know, I, 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 have the liberty of knowing you and the privilege of knowing you. And so I can have you on and you're willing to talk with me, but I'm really just trying to get info out of you. If I ever, <laughs> you know, can take it on someday and just really what I'm trying to, what I'm getting into, cause I don't think I even have a clue, you know, but so when, when did this hunt, when did it get on your radar?
1: Um, I started kicking around probably four years ago. And then uh, I had some friends, you know, older guys in Montana that are born and raised in Montana. They've been putting in for sheep tags for 35, 40 years and never <laughs> drawn a sheep tag. And then, like, I'm not going to wait. I, I want to do it before I'm, I'm too old or crippled up or who knows what where I can't do it. So, yeah, just made
0: the choice to go for it.
1: Yeah. And, uh, and you know, two
0: years ago was the first time I went. It's funny. Uh, I don't know how old you are. You're probably about my age. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I'm, 37. Okay. Yeah. I'm 33. So we're, we're right in kind of, you know, we're in our thirties and it's funny you say that. I mean, my dad, um, is who comes to mind when you, when you mention that, cause he's, you know, he's, uh, 50 he's probably 58, 59. I can't, I can't even, I don't know. But, but he's been, you know, he's been putting in for sheep. He's probably got close to 20 points down in Nevada and, and he may never draw, you know. And when he does, when he does, like you said, maybe he's 75. I, I don't know. Um, there's plenty of guys that die with, you know, tons of points like that and never get their sheep tag. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, uh, you know as much reason as any if you've ever thought about something like this. I think what is your um, I just on dealing with or talking about the points real quick, what is your uh, opinion of you know I've heard some so some of these states like Nevada, for example, you can draw as many sheet tags as you can draw, right? And so every once in a while, even though most guys don't ever draw a tag, some some people will get lucky and they'll draw one with three points. And then once their waiting periods up, I've heard stories of people drawing multiple. You know, there's there's people who've drawn two or multiple sheep tags in states like Nevada, while these yep. other guys are like dying with their points. And I've heard you know the the uh, concepts been thrown out there of like it should be a once in a lifetime deal. Like, what's what's kind of your uh, opinion on that with like a draw tag at least? I, I think it's a t- it's tough. I mean, it's one of those things where.
1: I think if you stand back and look at it, it's uh, life's not fair. Not everyone is going to get a sheep tag. I, I was crunching some numbers and just looking, I don't have the numbers off the top of my head, but just max point holders in Montana currently, there are 20 years worth of only max point holders with the current tag allocation for Bighorn Rams. And that's just max. Yeah. So you go max less one, and all of a sudden you've got 45 years worth of people. in line for sheep tags so that takes out anyone that's more than two points out basically out of the drawing for their lifetime it's i don't i don't like a you know i don't a point a system where only the max point holders get it there has to be some some opportunity for young hunters and new hunters coming into it um yeah i kind of like the school i kind of like the squared points yeah, Like uh, Nevada has or Montana has where they square your preference points and you get that many
0: entries into the drawing because eventually at it's least, a better ch- it gives you a better chance. Well, and at least you feel like you have a chance, you know, it's like, it's yeah. like you're saying, I mean, you know, if you got a 12 year old right now and they're just jumping into this whole mess, you know, that you and I like points for us, I feel like it was like, man, if I could have like, if I could go back when I was 12, right. And like start Damn. building as many points as I build now. I would have some incredible hunts under my belt, you know, but still, like points back then just wasn't really i don't know it wasn't really on my radar i did it definitely i mean I wasn't hunting multiple states anyway, but you know we weren't even we weren't even smart enough to be buying elk points in Nevada as residents <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it makes you sick yeah. right like I mean I could have three three elk tags down there by now or whatever but um you know yeah I mean when you when you look at those those states that you don't have a chance you know and and I don't know I'm off the top of my head but like you said there's certain tags maybe maybe it is the Montana sheep where it's like it's not it's literally not worth even trying you know that's that's yeah, kind of depressing it that way
1: yeah, the, the way it is now is basically it's run just like our draws are run like Nevada's are, where they square your preference points, and they put you in the drawing that many times. So even if you have zero points, you still have a chance. Okay. But the more points you have, the better chance you have.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, it's 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 just an interesting, man. Uh, the whole the whole shebang the whole point system in the at least in the western united states i just feel like i feel like we're heading on a road where it's just going to implode on itself somehow Um, you know, when you look at States like Colorado and they're, they are trying things. And then all of a sudden a year later, they're, you know, they're back up and they realize how stupid it was to, you know, make bonus points, $3 and, you know, just like their States are trying all these things. And the ones, even the ones who aren't the point creep, you know, like Utah, I think I was on Utah the other day and it was like, you know, I don't know, max points for some of these hunts in the west are like like 30 or something and it's just like geez man like what does that even mean like uh, it just and it's turning into this whole mess like i don't know yeah i I
1: think i like the kind of you know the model that montana or nevada has but i don't like it as much as i do idaho where it's just a random draw
0: yeah yeah new mexico (laughs) Where it's yep. like, hey, you know what? It sucks. No like, points. Yeah, no points. Though every yeah. every year you put in for New Mexico, the best bull tag down there, it might be one percent. But guess what? It's one percent for everybody. You know, and that's yep. it. At least keeps your your attention, I think. But yep, yeah, yeah and
1: you know, I, I think it comes down to you millennials just not realizing that <laughs> life's not fair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am pretty entitled. Uh, I feel like I should have every single tag, every single year. Yep, exactly. Oh, life, life's not fair. Uh, yeah. You know, and if you, stinks, if but... you what, are, what are you generation? What what do they call you guys like generation Y or X or something? If you guys can yeah, figure think... out that we're going to get what we want and we're going to get it right now, then. It doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I don't care if you're happy about it. <laughs> as long as you're happy. <laughs> I sound like right. a millennial. See, yeah, you're figuring it out. <laughs> am I a millennial? I guess I am, huh? Yeah, that's okay. I think so. That's okay. No, and and it, and and so that whole conversation, man, like it brings us back to these tags, these few gems. I feel like these few little, um, f- these few tags across the West that are still like good old fashioned over the counter, um, and this. You know, and and there's there's still a few out there. There's some elk tags. Um, you know, now that I'm in, you know, when you're a Wyoming resident, you know, over I just went and bought a deer tag over the counter. Um, that's getting pretty rare these days, even for for deer and elk. Um, and then you come across this sheep hunt, right? And I swear to you, like the first time that I read the words like unlimited Montana sheep tag, I was like, yeah, right. Like this, is what I'm like. This is one of those like hoax articles or something like that, but, but it's not right. I mean, kind of explain what you're, what you're dealing with here on the, the logistics of this hunt. So there are five units in the southern
1: part of Montana, kind of on the northern border of Yellowstone Park, that are uh, an unlimited sheep tag. So you have to put in for a draw. It's not an over-the-counter tag. You have to put in for the draw, but you are guaranteed to draw a tag. And you can legally harvest a ram that is larger than three quarter curl. Uh, they're all run on a quota. So, as soon as the quota is met, season closes in 48 hours. So, you've got an opportunity to hunt sheep. It might last uh, a day, and then this quota is hit, it might not close. You know, there's some
0: units this year that are still open. Are they really? Yeah yeah um okay so a few things i want to um dive into here um when let, let's talk about the draw aspect right there you know they they call it an unlimited or you know it seems like an over-the-counter so the the draw period is what it, if i remember right it's like april-ish may maybe
1: yeah it closes i think
0: i can't remember if it's may 1st or may 15th okay. it's one of the two i'm gonna And I'm going to put you on the spot because I I read this somewhere and and I don't I don't remember it in my mind well enough to recite it, but there's a way. Uh, well, talk about the the bonus point aspect of like the actual sheep draw, and then this unlimited tag. Is it burning your Hmm. sheep points in Montana, or is there a way to keep your? You don't have to. So,
1: in you can elect not to use your bonus points if you already have bonus points okay. and actually go hunt the unlimited unit. And if you do not kill a ram, you do not burn your points. Oh, I see. And I'm, I'm pretty certain. I don't want to burn anybody's points. If I'm wrong, on this one. double check me, but <laughs> we'll Montana 50, you can emails.
0: do <laughs> it. Exactly right. You will not, you you will,
1: not me. <laughs> yeah. uh, but in Montana, you no longer lose your bonus points. If you miss two years. So, you can do the unlimited hunt for two, three years in a row and still keep all
0: the bonus points that you do have, okay yeah, I'll try and uh, I'll try and read up on that too i and I'm I like ninety five percent sure that's true, yeah, yeah, and it it was something like that that sounds right um uh I'm trying to I'm really trying to remember how I read what I read and what if it was any different than what you just said, but yeah, so there there is there definitely is a way I think you're right that you can keep. Uh, your bonus points and not actually burn yeah. them there so which, yeah, as
1: long as you elect not to use bonus points when you put in for the draw they will not burn your points for the for the first year you do it and i'm okay. i'm almost certain that they changed this a couple years ago where you don't lose your points so you could do it multiple years in a row if you wanted
0: to well and and there's also correct me if i'm wrong but there's a bonus point period for sheep where you just purchase a bonus point right and that's like even right. later in the summer
1: yeah. I don't know the dates on it at all. I've never looked into it. Yeah. But yeah there, I know there is one.
0: Yeah. I, I've actually done that when I first started doing bonus points, you know, I didn't actually apply because, uh, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have to front the money in Montana for the actual sheep application and it's non-resident. It's what? A couple thousand dollars, I think.
1: I, sounds right. I yeah. don't know as for a sure resident, a non-resident. I, yeah.
0: I was going to say as a resident,
1: you wouldn't know, but anyway. Yeah, I just gone in and bought my tag every okay. year that i've done it
0: okay um okay so you've got these units and you mentioned um like they're outside of the the park kind of in we're calling that what southwest uh wyoming or montana
1: yeah south central
0: montana south central. Yep, yep yep just <laughs> pretty much straight north of me uh outside of cody and then and then a little west up around the yep. the park basically Yeah, um Bear Tooth wilderness Yeah. And, and so talk, talk about that before we get into the actual sheep hunting itself, talk about just, um, I've, I've seen it from afar, uh, (laughs) driving by, I've, I've hiked, uh, I spent a little bit of time, uh, west of Cody here in some of these mountain ranges here in Wyoming. And it's, I don't think it's anything like it. Um, talk about the, the terrain that these sheep live in and what you're dealing with there. Um,
1: you know, it, it varies a lot throughout the units, but some of the country that those sheep are in is, uh, about the roughest, nastiest country you can find in Montana. And it's, um, uh, I read, a, I read in a book a long time ago that Jack Atchison guy that used to outfit down there said that it, you look at some of those units and it seemed like every loose rock in the world ended up in those basins, <laughs> just boulder fields that go for miles you need to go through down timber on steep slopes to get to the boulder fields. It just, it, it can be an absolute nightmare to traverse some of that country. Yeah.
0: Um, and you know, everyone's favorite topic too, with this kind of stuff, myself included, uh, in completely infested with grizzly bears, right? Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> it's funny you say that. So. The first time I reached out to you, that was probably the first thing out of my mouth was, hey, Sam, I'm looking at this sheep hunt. And then probably the next thing was, but what about the grizzly bears, right? (laughs) Um, Ironically, I've spent, let's see now. I don't know. I've spent probably six, seven, I don't know, seven just total days if you count like half days hiking in and stuff like that. I probably spent seven or eight days in gri- what we, you know that they would consider grizzly country now, and I've yet to. I can't find one. I like, yeah, I thought for sure, I, <laughs> I know, right? I shouldn't even be talking about it, but I just like it's funny because coming from places that bears didn't even exist to like this we just assumed that grizzly bears were around every tree and just the <laughs> boogeyman waiting to jump out and kill you. Right. And, yeah. and then ironically, like, you know, I can't find one. Um And so, no, I don't know. Just, just talk about that though, about your experience there and kind of what, you know, what your perception is of, of the bear problem or the bear uh, incidences that you've seen,
1: you know, down in the unlimited units, I have had very little interaction with grizzly bears down there i don't know if i'm just lucky or if the parts of the units that i've been in don't hold bears at the time of year i've been there i've seen sign i've seen fairly fresh sign and old sign but i've just i've never run in never run into a grizzly bear down there yeah and i spent out of in the two years i've hunted it
0: 30 some days probably in there between scouting and hunting yeah you know and and I'll be honest the the first the first real like overnight trip that we were going to do uh my brother had an elk tag over here by just uh south of Cody a little ways i you know at the end of the at, 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 when when it push came to shove i just decided you know what all you can do is what you can do you can yeah. you can keep a clean camp you can hang your food you know we even hung um you know we were trying to be as smart as possible uh, we hung backpacks even that had blood stains on them from pre- previous <laughs> hunts that we weren't smart enough to wash off. You know, just everything. Yeah. I mean, our toothpaste, the whole nine yards. Uh, we kept a clean camp. You know, we were only in there for like one or two night at a time, kind of a thing or whatever it was. Um, we carried bear spray. We carried pistols. We kept an eye out. And and at the end of the day, man, it's like I guess that's all you can do, you know. And that. Yeah it's it, it's it's too much for some guys you know it doesn't seem like a big deal to you but I'm telling you right now my dad he just wouldn't go he could draw <laughs> I'm telling you he could draw the ultimate he could draw the ultimate sheep tag of all sheep tags here in Wyoming or whatever and if it's in grizzly bear country it's just his thing like he he won't go and so yeah. you know it's I I know for you it's you know you don't worry about it as much but I think for a lot of people it's you know it's just, it's a deal breaker. So it's, anyway, it's worth talking about. But, um, okay. So backing up to what you're saying, you've got a, you, they've got a quota on these. What, what does the, what do the quotas look like on these unlimited tags usually? I think for every unit, it's two sheep, two rams. Two rams. And, yep, per are, unit. They're not an either sex tag, I assume. Like it's not, right. Yeah. It's yep. not like, yep, It can... has to be, has to be a three
1: quarter car ram
0: okay. or larger. And the three quarter curl, I was actually just watching a, uh, video on this, uh, how they judge sheep in Alaska for like full curl. Um, mm-hmm. what I didn't look at three quarter curl though. What it's kind of the parameters there. What are you looking for?
1: Yeah. So if you look at a ram broadside, you should be able if you can draw a line through the from the front edge of the horn through any portion of the eye and the horn tip gets past that line, you're legal.
0: Gotcha. So even if he kind of uh, swoops way down low, like below his jaw, you see those that they they really don't look like they're like what you would consider a three-quarter curl. But if right, it swoops down far enough and hits that intersection point, then you're good. Yep, and it's an
1: imaginary line, and it's something you you, you really have to be conscious of because they've confiscated
0: quite a few sheep over the years that have been short. Yeah. Um, what do you think – I mean, obviously guys just not understanding or making a bad decision, but I mean, do you think guys go in there with like poor optics? Do you think that they just think they're going to get away with it? Like, what do you, why do you think that happens when it does?
1: I, I imagine it was a combination of, uh, oh my God, it's a Ram and they shot it cause they're so hard to find down there <laughs> and maybe poor optics and who knows, maybe shoot the wrong Ram out of a bunch. Yeah. Hard to say.
0: Yeah yeah it's it's man it's one of those uh, as excited as you could get though it's like you gotta you gotta be be sure um you know yeah so and and uh checking in on these things i mean are you typically in cell service way up on those peaks or do you take a like a sat phone or what are you doing there
1: Uh, there's some places up there if you get really really up up on top you'll get a little bit of cell phone service i i pack a uh and in reach with me so i'll just I'll um, get a hold of a buddy ahead of time and have him check the quote every night for me gotcha gotcha text back and forth all
0: right um so a couple of years now or or four years that this has been on your radar you've actually you actually hunted it for two different seasons is that right right yeah yep. um talk about just your kind of your approach to this whole thing from you know when you first started this like what was your kind of your mentality there
1: um i did as much research on it as i could um you know talking to the biologists you going through forums picking through the 99 percent of that crap that is literally just crap (laughs) and trying to glean some good information out of it um you know, talk to people that have spent time in the area. I, have to, I knew I know a few people that have elk hunted that part of the world for years, and guys that grew up down there. So, pick their brain where I could, and then from there it was start putting miles on in the summer.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, scouting trips, you know, taking three day weekends and going down there and hiking in, spend the night in the dark, get up, class for three days, and then come back out and go to work. Did a, a handful of those and one big through trip that was probably a fifty mile hike through it. Took five days.
0: Glass and miles and miles of country just trying to find sheep. Um, you know, do you do you feel like um and I, I can't remember there's there's probably what, half a dozen of these different units for this particular hunt. Does that sound about right? Five of them. Five. Okay. Five. Yep. I mean, and, and definitely don't, you don't need to spout off any units specifically, but do you feel like there's consistently one or two that are better than the others? Or do you feel like it's pretty like just a toss up from year to year?
1: Uh, I think it's toss up from year to year. The the, there's one, I can't remember. It's one of the two in the 300 districts districts It's 300 or three Oh three. That's only a 10 day season. Um, that one, I don't know. It's just not enough season for me to commit to it. But if somebody wants a short hunt, might be an option. You know, if they can only commit a week early in the season, that'd be a good option for them. But any of the other four, I mean, there's, there's big Rams that have been killed in all of them. Yeah. And yeah, They're not, not a lot of them, but there's always rams killed in them.
0: Yeah. And, and along those lines, you know, talking about rams that have been killed, that was the first thing that, um, uh, that I really caught me off guard when I hit you up is you sent me links to like all of the past, um, was it all the past sheep data or what was that, uh, info that you, forwarded me that was, that was that was top secret information okay never mind that didn't happen <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this part out for sure <laughs> yeah no i mean it, it, and and like you said it doesn't really matter the point was i mean you know there's info out there and you're either yeah. into it or you're not you know and if you're yeah. just you know what what i'm what i'm trying to kind of circle in around here and the the, the valuable thing to take away from this is um and i'll I'll mention one more thing here at the end is this is just not the type of hunt. This isn't like my odd sheep hunt that I had in New Mexico where I, I literally showed up and had never been there and e scouted it a little bit and took me three days and I found some odd ad and killed one. Um, this, you know, and, and, and the point there, the thing that I wanted to bring up is you told me last year I can't remember we were talking about something and you said, well, I'm actually only going to hunt this sheep tag. So you've, I mean, to kill this sheep, you literally committed to just this hunt and this whole hunt alone. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I, my plan was I was not normally the last few years I've
1: done an out-of-state deer tag or two a year. And I'm, since I started doing this, I said I was not leaving the state until I killed a sheep. Yeah. So I didn't didn't even put in for point tags out out of state. I bought points, and it just it takes so much effort just to find sheep. And I think when I was scouting it that first year, I didn't see a single sheep—not a ewe, a lamb, nothing—until <laughs> my tenth day backpacking in there. And it's just there's so much country you just, and there's so few sheep scattered out, and it's it's literally the needle in a haystack.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking of that and my audit hunt, I went three days without seeing a single sheep and I was about ready to pack it up. And I'm like, this is (laughs) stupid, man. Like when you just sit in glass, nothing on a hillside for just days like that, uh, it will absolutely test you. And so what were you thinking on like day nine and a half of that? ordeal before you had seen a sheep like was there any point there where you're like yeah no i'm done like this is stupid Uh,
1: no i (laughs) i
0: was just going to be on to the next mountain (laughs) just keep going
1: just keep going i mean i had i had places circled all over the map that i was going to get to at some point if i didn't find sheep i was going to keep going yeah until i ran out of time
0: ran out of time and then I'd start over the next summer and just keep going. Somebody's killing them. You know, you got to be yeah. able to find them somewhere.
1: They're they're there. Yeah. You
0: just you got to be
1: got to just keep going until
0: you find them. Um, all right. So I, f- I feel like the I mean, is there any any details on these hunts that we're kind of missing that would be valuable to guys? Um, be in the best, absolute best shape of your life. <laughs> yep um be ready for high altitude high altitude what, what are you talking i mean definitely over ten thousand over ten thousand for sure yeah yeah um, around
1: i mean you might you know you see sheep lower than that you mean you might kill a sheep at seven thousand
0: feet he might be at ten five are you typically camping way above tree line and if so, what do you do um f- as far as your food and like hanging food in that case
1: um I typically do camp at or above tree line just because it's easier to get to a good vantage point more than likely you're not going to kill a sheep up there but you can see them from there yeah um and i'll usually just throw my food in a dry bag and hang it up in a tree next to where i'm camping somewhere
0: yeah gotcha um any like weird pieces of gear that wouldn't be a normal piece of gear that you would take on a hunt like this, like, I don't know what, even like crampons or like uh repelling rope or anything that's like super spe- specialized like that for this hunt.
1: You know, if, if a guy's going to do, if a quote is still open, you're going to hunt into like second half of October into November. Yeah. Crampons, crampons, ski goggles, snowshoes. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs>
0: it's, it's a different world down there. It reminds me, I don't know if you saw that video that I posted of my brother, it, and that was literally, I mean, we're talking October 3rd or whatever yeah. in Wyoming, but I mean, we were in sideways blizzard, 40, 50 mile an hour wind of just, you know, and he's just bundled up, like just his eyeballs popping through, um, yeah. that's October 3rd, like this country is, is capable of absolutely yeah. destroying <laughs> destroying you.
1: Yeah, at any yeah, time of the
0: year, uh, it's no joke. You can think it'd be easy for somebody that's not prepared to get killed in there. Yeah, yeah. This this uh, definitely should not be someone's first backpack hunt. Um, no, no, <laughs> yeah. no. If you. <laughs> Let, let's, let's back up. If you're even considered like what the right backpack gear is to take on something like this, you shouldn't, don't go.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: If you're not sure
1: if you, if you've never done one before, don't. Yeah, that's don't. your
0: answer. I was listening to Snyder today and he was talking about archery. And he said he was getting these questions from guys like, How do I I can only get out to seventy-five yards of my archery tape. How do I be able to shoot? My buddies want me to shoot a hundred yards and I don't know how to get my bow to set up to do that. <laughs> He's like basically Okay, if you're already asking that question, you don't have the technical like you don't have the technical knowledge to be shooting that far anyways. So. Yeah, or the ability. Or the ability, to be exactly. honest. But yeah. So just don't mess with this sheep punt. But okay. Um uh talk talk your weapon system real quick and then we're going to like I promise we're just going to jump into the kind of the story of you know just a legit story here of shooting and finding sheep but I'm just trying to cool. get some of the technical stuff out of the way. Yeah, so I've I was shooting a Cooper
1: 92 or super, that lightweight backcountry rifle mm-hmm. they build in a 65 300 Weatherby. Yeah. And I'm shooting 130 grain Barnes Triple shocks through it, uh, just a hand load. And then Swarovski Z5, three and a half to 18 with their ballistic turret for a
0: scope on top of it. Um, I, what was your, what's your effective range you figure with that, with that setup? Um, I'd shoot comfortably to four and a half, five. Okay. And then, I mean, is that about what guys, I mean, it, you know where i work i i'm always of the opinion like oh, as far as you can you know it, it, the the further you got an effective range the better because you just never know that doesn't yep. mean that every don't mistake me everyone's effective range is not should not be a thousand yards it's like the archery thing right like even mine i don't shoot that far um but what would you what would you recommend to guys is like from what you saw, what would be your average shot distance? Is that four or four fifty? Yeah. I think if you're comfortable out to four or four fifty, you should have you shouldn't have too
1: much trouble. Yeah.
0: That's just you know, I think
1: you're a lot better off getting closer if you can.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right. Um Okay. So let's let's jump into this. So you you spend that first uh summer scouting it, kinda, you know, walk through that and, and wrap that up and then to the point of like that first uh you know, go through that first season of honey and kinda how that all went down. You're gonna ask me to go over that again? No, the, the I, just, actual... I just
1: got I just got over crying myself to sleep about this.
0: <laughs> the first Oh man. <laughs> I, I know I know I know what you're let's yeah. just get it out in the open so you all right. all right So,
1: so the first year i had the tag um i can't remember how many days i scouted 10 15 days or so and i went in four days before the season opened and the first morning i spotted the ram that i went in there looking for that i'd seen in august and i sat on them for two days and the short version is a blizzard rolled in and two days later, two and a half days later, it stopped snowing finally. And there was two to three feet of snow on the ground on September 16th. And I was still up on the mountain and glassing as the storm broke and the rams popped out 200 yards from where I'd last seen them.
0: So I mean, hold, hold on, hold on. So on. you hunkered down for two and a half days, basically. Yeah. In a yeah. blizzard, like how yeah. how often were you leaving the tent in the middle of all that oh i got out quite
1: a bit i i just run a one man uh, hillberg solo so i i get too much ad to just sit still in there so i built lots of fires yeah um hiked up mountains just for something to do to stay warm so yeah i was yeah i spent a lot more time in the tent than i wanted to i was getting 10 or 12 hours of sleep a night which is <laughs> well night and day i guess yeah. it was that was really nice but <laughs> Yeah, pretty much hunkered down out of the snow for a couple of days. And when the storm broke, the sheep popped out across the canyon from me, right where right where I'd seen them basically two and a half days prior before the storm blew in. I made the mad dash over there, got set up, and proceeded to miss uh, the biggest ram in the bunch at 400, and I think it was 432 yards. And then they went up into country that uh, I I followed him into, that I really should not have followed him into. And,
0: <laughs> and
1: eventually decided discretion was a better part of valor. I turned around and went home with my tail tucked between my legs.
0: Well, I know that that to you probably felt and sounded like, um, you know, a loss or an L. But, I mean, first of all, how many guys... How many guys would have just packed up and been off the mountain? I can tell you that almost every one of them, before yeah. when, when that snowstorm rolled in, like it just that that would have been the tipping point for most guys if they were up there in the first place. Um, yeah,
1: there was I could see people leaving country in a hurry. And <laughs> when I actually when those sheep popped out, they were they just popped out to feed after the storm broke. Um, two guys on six horses came riding by in the bottom of the valley below them and rode right past them. The sheep were staring off the top, off the ledge that they were on, just watching these guys ride right past them. (laughs) And I talked to them a few days prior and one of them had a sheep tag and they rode right past those rams. They're on the wide
0: open. They never even looked up. They They were just getting out of there. You know that, and, and that's something you don't think about when you hunt on horses. I don't at least, um, You know when i'm hiking uh even with even with our pack llamas you know you're still hiking and so you know you go you know a quarter mile or whatever and you're gonna stop take a break catch your breath and you and and i always glass you know i just make it a point to just stop and glass up any of the the big peaks or ridge lines that are next to me or whatever we're just constantly glassing when we're but man when you're riding a horse and you're trying to cover country or whatever um it's easy to just let that horse put his head down and go, you know, because um, what what are you going to, you know, it's, it's, it's almost impossible to be effective glassing off a horse. And the last thing you want to do is just be, you know, climbing on and climbing off. So, um, yeah, that's an interesting, uh, interesting perspective, you know, of like, you know, the things that you might miss on a horse hunting off a horse, but. You um,
1: know. Yeah, it was wild. I could hear people talking up the valley. I'm like, what the hell is going on? And next thing you know, these horses pop out in the clearing and the sheep are just staring at them. And I'm looking back and forth. I'm like, please don't see the rams. Please don't <laughs> see the rams. And they rode right on past them. The sheep just washed them until they are
0: out of sight and then went back to feeding. What uh generally like how far I mean, is is this these most of these units are the type of country, I mean, what what are we talking like uh distance from a trailhead? I mean, are we talking like you know, Ten miles, fifteen miles, five miles. I mean, what's kind of the general distance that you're covering here on these type of hunts?
1: Um, I was fortunate. I found uh sheep closer to the pickup than a guy would expect. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard horror stories of guys killing rams sixteen, seventeen miles in on a ba- on a backpack hunt, but the stuff I was on wasn't that
0: far. Gotcha. And you feel like those horse guys were just literally riding by that country, trying to get somewhere else. Probably,
1: yeah, they were going back to their truck. Oh, they heading oh they're heading they out. They were leaving. So they yeah, they're on their way home.
0: They had come from way deeper, probably, and were yeah, yeah. I got you. Okay.
1: Yeah, they were. They I've talked to them when they were on their way in, and they were going you know total probably sixteen miles in. Yeah. And yeah, they were by that point they're a few miles from the truck. They're just cruising. They're ready to get back to the truck, have a cold beer. <sighs> turn the heat on yeah and, and their brain, they were shut off
0: they weren't they weren't nothing yeah yeah meanwhile their whole their hopes and dreams are right up above them just watching them yep. right by um yep. okay so so you you miss that sheep i mean what i i don't know uh, what what would be go, what's going through your head at that point i mean
1: um i just kicking myself for trying to get cute <laughs> yeah, I tried to. Honestly, I tried to shoot him in the front shoulder rather than just yeah. He was quartered away just a hair, and it was it was broadside enough that I thought I'd get away with a shoulder shot and anchor him right there, rather than just being safe and aiming for the middle of the lungs and killing him, and just kicking myself for making a dumb decision more than anything.
0: Our experience with desert sheep, like down in Nevada, where we've uh, again very very limited, and but I know a few guys who have hunted them, and I've gone on a couple hunts. I did technically shoot. uh, I'm looking at her right now. uh, A desert ewe. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That's a pathetic story if you've ever heard me tell that. But we were always told that these like the desert sheep at least are are actually not tough at all when it comes to. You know, they've got a bullet in them. And so, you know, guys would tell us stories about getting a bullet in a sheep in their, you know, for whatever reason they, you know, they don't hit them clean or whatever. Um, and they just get one in their leg or something and they'll just bed down. You know, that was always the story that you'd hear. Is that, I mean, is that what you've heard about bighorn sheep or do you think that's food bar? i've never seen
1: i've never heard of them being super tough, you know there's always an yeah. the exception to the rule, but uh, I've never heard of sheep being overly tough
0: yeah yeah and and like you said, I mean, hindsight's always twenty twenty but you you know yeah. you're just like, why didn't I just get one in him? Yeah, that's tough man yeah um so did you how much more hunting did you do that the rest of that year?
1: Uh, I bailed that day and then I went back in a couple weeks later for like three days, I think I was in there. And the only living thing I saw was like two squirrels and a porcupine. <laughs> so it was a it was a lot of snow and it was cold. But there was there wasn't I couldn't find anything alive in there. No deer, no elk, no sheep, no goats, nothing. It was a ghost town. <laughs> But that was about, the, that was the last time I went in there it was a couple weeks after the first trip. I think it was uh, probably late October, that first year
0: I went back. Yeah. And I, I know you and you're not like, you don't need any more motivation. Um, you're just, you know, you were dead set on this, but how much of, how much of that experience played into just absolutely getting after it this year and, and getting it done when you did? A lot. And then two years to stew on
1: it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I was going to, I was going to keep going. I had, I didn't have a lot of time to hunt with work schedule. I had, I had nine days and I was going to make the most of it. I had nine days worth of food, the pack, and I was going to stay as long as I could.
0: Yeah. All right. So let's let's get to the uh, because, man, it doesn't matter what the score is at halftime. It only matters when the clock runs out, you know, and in my opinion, (laughs) like, you know, you you stuck with it and you got you got it kind of handed to you in the first half of the game. But then you came back and uh, and and, uh, you know, you came out on top. So talk talk about this this year and kind of how your you know, your summer scouting changed and what you did there. Well,
1: my summer scouting, uh, I didn't scout at all this year. So that was a big change. <laughs> so I was going in blind, which is never a good option, but the way work worked out I just I couldn't get away to do it. So I went in on the tw- September 12th and the season opened on the 15th, so I had 3 days to scout before the season opened to try and find a ram and I found I went. I basically went back to the same place where I had missed that ram, hoping that either some other sheep had moved in, or a couple of the other young rams that I had seen in there were now legal. So I went in there, and there's already a couple of people camped close to where I had camped the year before, and they were glassing some of the same country. And I glassed for two days, basically daylight to dark, from a couple of different vantage points and so turned up two young rams handful of ewes and lambs and one bunch and that was it for sheep a few elk running around and that was it so day before the season opens uh i was satisfied that there wasn't a ram in the basin that i was looking at so i decided to leave so i bombed off the side of the mountain rather rather than take the trail and make it easy getting down i just beelined it off, and then beelined it up the other side. Got up on top on the other side, glassed until dark, couldn't find any sheep, got up in the morning, it was opening day, and hiked my butt off and glassed all day, no sheep. I'm not a ewe, not a lamb, nothing. Um, My last resort was, I was going to go sit out on the hillside that I had seen sheep on every time I had scouted in there. And right in the middle of that hillside, there's a big rock outcropping. So I climbed all the way out in this rock outcropping. And I'm just sitting there hanging out, glassing my butt off, can't find anything, can't find a sheep. I can see mountain goats a couple miles away. (laughs) And it's like 20 minutes before dark, and I've been glassing for three or four hours. And I'm like, well, I'm out of water, and I got a half a mile to get to water from where I'm at. So I was getting, I stood up to load my pack up and put my spotting scope and tripod and all that stuff away. And I looked down below me in the avalanche chute, just over top of the rocks where I couldn't see. And there's this dark brown lump standing in the middle of the avalanche chute. And I'm like, well, hell, I don't remember that being there before. So I turned and literally turned to take a step away. And I'm like, I should probably glass it. I turn around and throw the glasses up, and it's, a ram (laughs) a no doubt shooter perfectly legal ram standing there i try and compose myself Range jimmy's 350 yards away and i'm a mess i'm shaking i'm rattled i'm a i'm a mess i'm like i i'm not trying it from here i'm not missing another one i'm getting closer so
0: i pack up same gun i pack
1: no, no. Well, actually the first one I missed was with a Kimber 300 wind mag. This one was a six, five. Gotcha. So I pack up most of my stuff and, uh, take off down the mountain and I'm running down inside of the mountain where he's at, he's done an avalanche chute And, uh, the, the South side of it is basically a sheer rock wall that's you know, from 20 to 50 feet tall, depending on where you go down it. So I get behind that rock wall and I'm running down the mountain <laughs> And I popped back over on this little shelf that kind of juts out over the avalanche chute. And I looked down and ranged him again, and he's at 220 yards. So I laid down, put the bipod down, waited for him to turn, squeezed the shot off, heard the bullet hit, racked the gun as quick (laughs) as I can rack the gun. And I just barely got the scope back on him, and he started cartwheeling down the mountain.
0: You're gonna keep shooting until he was done. Oh, right? He was he
1: was gonna catch every bullet I had if he'd have let me. That's I was awesome. gonna leave
0: nothing to chance. Yeah.
1: So yeah, it was I was a mess. I mean it was yeah, I was I was a mess on the mountain, shaking. I was rattled. I was yeah. I was crying. I mean yeah.
0: It was it was a lot that went into it. It was well, a pretty unbelievable unbelievable moment. I think when I, uh, when I saw the picture for the first time and, and had realized, you know, like, I mean, cause I had known that you had hunted a couple of years before and like, it almost had left my mind though. Well, I mean, just, just, you know, for the, cause we had talked, I think a little during the summer about it, but you know, I just yeah. kind of, you, you just go about your own hunting season and you don't, and then it, I saw that picture and it just like, I about started crying for you. <laughs> uh, you know, cause I just knew, I just knew how much, uh, a, how much it meant and like how, what you had gone through. Um, I didn't know, but I, you know, I have a pretty good idea. Yeah. And so uh, that's awesome. I mean, talk about just, you know, it's the cliche, like you can't kill them on the couch or, you know, you can't, yeah. you know, you gotta be there to whatever, but, but it's, I mean, how true is that? Like you just, you know, you gotta be on the mountain and, and a lot of times, you won't, there just won't be sheep or there won't be deer or there won't be elk. And then other times you'll stand up and there's one standing in the rock side behind you. you know? Exactly. I was just, yeah.
1: I mean, it was a lot of luck, but uh, I, I wouldn't have known that sheep use, sheep always used that hillside when I was in their scout net. It. So it's not like it was, it was obviously there's some luck involved, but yeah, it just, you know, putting the time in and knowing the right place to sit or just getting blind ass luck and sitting down in a random spot and killing them. It's just, you put enough time in and eventually you get lucky.
0: Yeah. No, you don't, man. Like, you know, and, and that's, I mean, <laughs> you put enough time in, in the dr- right places. Yeah. You know, dr- driving, mm-hmm. the guys who drove, drove roads when we were growing up and, you know, there was a guy in our town that like knocked down this, monster like you know we didn't really score back then but all that mattered was was he 30 inches or not but you know just this monster buck um on the road and this guy wasn't a real serious hunter quote unquote you know and he didn't definitely didn't get after it and you know he killed one he killed this buck literally just crossing the road in front of him and that's luck like and you know what it only happened once and it Yep. you know it's that and that's it you know it it only happened once and you know even though you missed that other ram i mean you know the fact that you had two legal rams on two different years uh in your crosshairs alone on a hunt like this i mean it's 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 not luck man like i refuse to let you um (laughs) (laughs) i refuse to let you you say that about yourself because it's the opposite of that um and so yeah, I was this man, is a rare time I'm trying to be humble. Don't ruin this for me. Yeah. <laughs> rare whatever. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just it's so it's awesome, man. Like the the longer that you do this, um the less I don't want to say the less, it's just the more you care about seeing your, your friends and your buddies pull stuff like this off, you know, or whether you're there or not, you know, you get the, the pictures, you know, I mean, when you're, when you're 16 and you see your buddy killed this huge buck, let's be honest, like you're just pissed that it wasn't you, you know? And, but when you're 33 and 35 and 40 and 42 and whatever, I imagine, you know, the older you get, the more, the more joy you just find in getting and getting pictures like this from your buddies that have pulled stuff like this off, and you know whether I ever get up in there or not, it's you know I'll ride your coattail clear to the end of just like hey, I know a guy who killed a sheep on the end. <laughs> You'll get one. You yeah. should put the time in. You'll do it, man. It's it's like you said. I think the biggest hurdle for me is is all those other tags, you know. And it's like yeah, it's uh it's tough, you know. Like I I've learned a lesson from my brother killing mule deer you know and again this is super cliche but you know you can't kill the big one if if you're if you're always pulling the trigger on these small ones you know and at some point you just have to pass you know you you have to learn how to pass and yep. um you know and and even even not be afraid to eat a tag um to some extent and it's the same with the sheep hunt you know you it's it's different but it's the same you have to literally be willing to uh pass on some of these other hunts and yep. you know as long as i'm you know chasing odd ad down in new mexico like <laughs> you know it's just it's just that's you know that's where yeah. i put my priorities and it'll it won't happen until i get serious about it but yeah um, i'd I love it because it keeps me from having to go archery elk hunting it's perfect <laughs> I don't I chase those big stinky things. big stinkies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that's the only time the elk are really supposed to be hunted, I've found, is in September with a bow when they're bugling. Um, every other time just sucks, man. <laughs> like, oh,
1: I don't know. I would really enjoy shooting elk with a rifle. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never done it before last year, and I'm, I'm really starting to warm up to it. It's <laughs> It's way more fun than bow hunting.
0: Well, you know how it is, man. Like when you bow hunted for an extended period of time, it's it's liberating to shoot anything with a rifle. Oh, um, it's so nice oh, to get to 300 yards and just tip them over. Yep. And I don't care what anyone says. It's just, it's more fun, you know? when you just yep. like, yeah. yep. No, so you get a screaming bull in your face, you know, at oh, 15, yeah. 20, 30 yards or whatever. There's, there's not much that amounts to that and you've got a bow in your hand and you're sitting behind a pine tree shaking. but
1: yeah, the um, the rare occasion where it works out is
0: pretty yeah. unbelievable. Yeah, it's true. You know, it, speaking of like shooting stuff with rifles and, you know, bow hunting and that whole deal, it's, you know, again, I, I hear stuff and I, you know, I have my own opinion about everything, but, um, you know, this, this whole, cons- this whole perception that, uh, you know rifle hunting's not hunting or you're not you're not as as talented of a hunter as like a bow hunter and then you know a bow hunter that shoots with a compound's not as good of a hunter as someone who shoots with a trad bow and you know this whole this whole thing that goes on and you know if we're for me it's like the size of the animal has to come into consideration at some point, you know what I mean? And, and so like, yeah, if you're a guy that's just out tipping over two points um, with your, you know, your uh, rifle at 400 yards, like that's, it's not a challenge. You know, there's a reason like that's the first type of animal that you shoot when you're growing up. It's like, you know, the first two point that you see. Um, but you just, you know, there's, there's always an intersection there of like, you know, the size of the animal has to come into consideration because it's, you know, I don't care if you're hunting them with a missile, you know, or a bazooka, like if you're go, go and try to find and hunt a big mature mule deer, you know, 180 plus, or, you know, a big bull elk, you know, 350 plus or whatever. Um, I don't care if you're hunting with a rifle or not it's it's extremely tough you know ask those guys that are doing it like the robbie dennings yeah. and the jason carters and you know those guys that you know that consistently hunt and find mm. those big bucks you know and they, they might I, be doing it with a rifle it doesn't matter
1: yeah i in my opinion and i'm you know i don't know what those guys would say but in my opinion the hardest part about killing a really something really big is finding it they're just they're so rare and in, in units that you can get a tag for every year, finding something big is the hardest part. Once you find them, it's a lot easier to kill them when you, than it is to find them from yeah. my experience and maybe different in units where or areas where other people hunt. But for me, the hardest part about killing a banglin is finding them.
0: No. And and even with a bow, right? Like I, I think back yeah, to all absolutely. those, I think back to all those years chasing them uh, with a bow down in Nevada. Um you know, it, it's like it's hard to it's hard to put into words, but we had more success just stalking bucks that were average size bucks that we were killing. You know, one sixty maybe breaking one seventy from time to time, than we ever did f- actually finding a hundred and eighty inch deer. You know, and part of that's the unit. Yeah. There's just that unit just doesn't hold a ton of you know hundred and eighty plus inch deer, but. Mm-hmm. But like like you're saying, I mean, it's still it's more difficult to actually find you know a hundred and eighty plus inch buck than it is to still than it is to kill him with a bow. You know, like Man. I I know totally know what you're saying. Um, and if if you don't believe that, then go do it. You know, go go get the phone <laughs> scope footage of you know multiple hundred and eighty five inch uh, deer. On, yeah, you know, some, the Antelope Island doesn't count, you know. I mean public
1: land where you can get
0: a tag every year. Right, right. You know? We're and talking just, just the, the, you know, general Utah deer hunt or region G in Wyoming or any yeah. of these places that we yeah. consider. And over-the-counter Montana tag. Over-the-counter Montana or Idaho or wherever, you know, even some of those, I'll even throw in some of those premium hunts. Like, you know, we grew up hunting uh, southern, southeastern Nevada down there where big bucks are you know it's it's one of the best uh big buck hunts in the in the west um definitely in the state and I'm telling you i know the guys who who have the skill to find those you know hundred and ninety hundred and ninety five hundred and eighty five two hundred inch bucks and i'm telling you uh like they've got a skill it's not it is it's almost harder in units like that um, and they
1: work their ass off.
0: Yeah. You know, and, and, especially in, you know, that those units specifically, you know, now that they've pulled trail camera regs where they have to have their trail cameras out by the end of July, um, you know, those, bucks, those bucks are, they're going dark on them from August 1st on, you know? And so then, yep. then the skill has really come out of, you know, if you've seen guys killing those, finding those big bucks, but anyway, I mean, it's just that again, it's like the public land, private land. It's like, you know, the rifle archery thing. I'm just fascinated. And, and I always love having those conversations or at least hearing other people have them on podcasts or whatever. Um, yeah. I, you know, I think it comes
1: down. I, unfortunately, I think it all, a lot of it boils down to ego, trying to somebody trying to build up what they did compared to what somebody else did. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand the argument, do whatever you want to do. If it makes you happy, do it. Yeah. I'll do what I want to do. Just
0: did, yeah, do whatever makes you happy. Did you see Just leave um, me alone? You do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> there was a post, uh someone regurgitated an article on their social media feed and it was basically, you know, a, a, a movement to, you know, get rid of uh, wide angle lenses, you know, and, and fake picture <laughs> and fake yeah. pictures in the hunting world, you know, and there's, there's some truth to that because like you said, I mean, you know, when you, when you, and, and man, let me preface this by saying, we are the Kings of this. Like, oh, you, yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, we, we, <laughs> we have this running joke. <laughs> we have this running joke. Um, you know, we one it happened one year. We were glassing a buck and Jason and my brother and I, and one of us said to the other one like well how big do you think he is trying to decide if we're going to go try and kill him and i you know i don't know even who said it like oh he's probably you know he's probably only 160 inch deer you know honestly um and then one of us said well how (laughs) after a few after a few minutes of looking at him uh how big do you think we could make him look (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you know we joked about it it's like well we could probably make him look 175 you know it was like well maybe we should go kill him you know it's like but it's so stupid that you know that that's kind yeah. of the world that we've created with social media and and like you said it's it's ego um, you know do do what you want to do um, and have your own reasons for it if if you're the if you're the guy that wants to only hunt 200 inch bucks then then do it you know and don't don't give the guy who shoots a two point a hard time and vice versa if you're the guy that you know whatever hunts with a bow and you know you don't it you don't know if it's harder you just don't you know we're all on our own journey and you know for one guy you know it might be harder for him to find 180 inch deer with a rifle than it is for you to kill your 140 with a bow and it's just it's just all different man so yeah Yeah, set your priorities and make yourself happy. What, uh, speaking of ego, what did your Ram score? Do you know? I have no idea. (laughs) That's that's what I expected (laughs) to hear from you, actually. I was hoping you had a score, but I expected to hear exactly that. I know he was nine and a half years old. Yeah. Which is pretty ancient for down there. Yeah. Well, I appreciate guys like you, man, that just, like you said, I mean, you know, it's not hard these days, uh, to tell if a guy is just loves to hunt because he loves to hunt or, you know, if there's ulterior motives or whatever, and, and you're like, you, you just, you keep doing you, man. Like I, I look up to you and. Um, but long before you ever killed the sheep, you know, honestly, um, knew you from way back when, and you're just a guy that got it done, and you could tell that, you know, that you were just, you just, you just loved what you're doing, you know, so
1: yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I've been, been fortunate to have the opportunities, and I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: Well, there, I'm sure there's a million other questions I should have asked you, and if anyone has, you know, any specific, I mean, uh, San, you might actually be the well. Besides, like my brother and Corey, you're probably the only other person that's been on multiple times. So oh man! You, we've broke the barrier now. I don't have a problem having you on three, four, five times, whatever it takes. So. And I feel like I'm talking to my mom. Somebody's telling me my, I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully one of these days we'll share a camp with you, and you know, if not, yeah, for sure just... we need to just keep, uh, keep following on your Instagram feed and wait for a cool picture. So,
1: yeah, I need, I need to burn some Wyoming points here in the next seven years until I can go sheep hunting again.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there, there's no weight on this unlimited sheep tag up there, right? I mean, you could, there is, there is. if you kill a ram, if you kill a ram, there's a seven year wait. Okay. Okay. So, so you're, you're going to be forced, uh, do you, is this your first sheep, like big, big yep. horn sheep? Yep. I mean, is it true what they say? I mean, are you just like legit addicted? I mean, are you just can't get enough now?
1: Uh, I, before I even killed mine, before I even hunted for mine, I knew I was tagging along with friends that had tags. And, you know, when I was in Alaska last year, chasing doll sheep with clients, it was, yeah, I'm hooked. I was on, I was on three sheep kills this year, none two count two other than mine. So yeah, it's bad. What? I need to make more money so I can afford to go.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um let's wrap up with like like give me just like and we've we've brought quite a bit of value here for guys who are interested in stuff but just summarize with like you know you know the cliche question of like you know three things that you know are going to, you know, make a guy successful on a hunt like this, or just kind of your, your two or three things, uh, that someone needs to really consider, uh, to be successful for a hunt like this. Um, I think
1: the three most, the the three most important things in sheep hunting, uh, one, you have to be able to, to climb. You have to be able to shoot a little bit and you have to have the gear to do it. Um, Ultra lightweight has has its place, um, but ultra light does not have super ultra light stuff that you're sacrificing durability does not have a place when the weather goes to hell on you. I uh, I've broken way too much of everything <laughs> of super lightweight gear. That yeah, you can compromise a little bit, but there's certain things where you just you can't afford to compromise tents, uh, sleeping bags, packs, and durability absolutely matters. I've smashed a, more dollars worth of those things in the last three years than I care to remember. Yeah. Just cause I wanted to run super, super lightweight stuff, which happens to be super, super expensive and it doesn't <laughs> hold up.
0: Yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's so true. Like talking about tents. I mean, I had a hundred dollar Eureka tent for years and years and that thing was heavy. Um, and you couldn't, I, I think it's still in one piece today. Like you could not destroy that thing if you tried, you know, but, yeah. um, Oh, talk real quick. Um, sorry, I'm backing up here, but talk real You're quick good. about your optics. Um, I think, you know, that's speaking of gear and yeah. buying the quality. I mean, that's gotta be a key yeah. piece on a hunt like this. Yeah.
1: I've got, I was using uh, Swarovski 10 by 50 ELs. And then I'd run those on a tripod I just had a vortex tripod that is still up on the mountain. I uh, happened to forget it. Once I saw the sheep and I said, I loaded up most of my gear tripod didn't make it down. So if anybody finds a rattle canned uh, tripod in the unlimited units, I would uh, really appreciate getting that back to me. Um, and then a Swarovski 20 to 60 angled
0: spotting scope, uh, 65 mil, 65. So Yeah. I just picked up the 85 and I think, you know, my next, uh, it's that ATX system. So I can kind of, you know, mix and match. Um, You think that 65 is the way to go for like kind of that ultimate lightweight sheep type setup? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: Especially for sheep, especially for sheep hunting. You know, for the kind of sheep hunting I was doing, um, you don't, I don't need to see that much detail. If he's that close, if he's close enough to not being legal or legal that I can't tell with that spotting scope, I'm just not going to shoot him. Yeah, You know, if a guy is trying to tell the difference, you know, say he's got a Missouri brakes tag and he wants to tell the difference between a 190 and a 195 ram or he's not going to shoot it. Yeah, I think having the bigger spotter is worth Mm -hmm. it, but it just depends what you're looking for. I think it's the same as you'd see with mule deer. I mean, if a guy wants a he's happy with 170 inch buck. You can tell that with lower quality optics versus, you know, he has to be 200 or better. I think you want to see as much detail as you can. Yeah.
0: Um, have you ever gotten into the 15s on a tripod and why, like kind of what's your thought there between like 15s and the spotter?
1: Um, I've played with them on a tripod. I just, I like the bigger field of view at 10s just to locate and then I'll get the spotter on it. I don't really glass all that much with the spotting scope looking for animals. Most of my glass and looking for animals is with the binos and then I'll swap over to the, the spotter. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I, I think of when we go our setup for optics and my brother, um, you know, honestly, depending on the hunt, but generally he will only pack those 15s, you know, he's got a pair of the swirl 15s. Yeah. And he'll pack those over a spotter a lot of times. Now, a lot of those times I have the spotter, you know, so we still have a spotter, um, you know, but, and, and on a hunt like this where, you know, you've got to be able to tell that, you know, Hey, that's, that's a legal ram or whatever, you know, the, just the distance, you know, you wouldn't want to, I think the 15s are great for picking a lot of stuff up within a certain range, but, you know, being able to to tell if that sheep's worth going down, you know, two canyons over from a mile and a half, you know, you're probably going to want that spotter um, with yeah. just a little bit more zoom power, but, um, yep. Yeah. There's yeah, no, I, there's no right I answer. Right without right? A spotter. Yeah. There's really I, yeah, th- like every hunt, you know, th- th- I, I, I think there's a right answer for like specific hunt, you know, for like a sheep hunt like this, but man, just generally you, you they're like shoes, man. Like you've got to have a different, you almost have to have a different optic set up for a lot of different occasions, but. Yep.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There's no right or wrong answer. It's everything is situational. Yeah. yeah. Like I never take a spotting If I'm elk hunting, I never take a spotting scope.
0: Yeah. Right. Cause, never. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, it, oh, it's a bull. It's legal. I'm going to go shoot <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if, like you said, I mean, if you drew your, you know, Utah premium rifle tag, you know, and you're a guy that just has killed, you know, 17 360 bulls and you, you have to have a 400 incher, then it's like, okay, maybe, yeah. you know, maybe. But yep. yeah, generally, you know, most guys hunting elk. If it's a mature six point, you know that's three twenty or better. Like you're just, you just know you're going to shoot him, so it doesn't matter, you know. But yep, at least that's how I am. <laughs> yeah, I, you got higher
1: standards than I do. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> oh, shoot.
0: Well, Sam, like I said, man, I uh, I looked up to you. I, I look up to you, and uh, just just really proud of you, man. Like it, this is, you know, I I don't talk like this about. You know, even when I have guys on that have killed big bucks or huge bulls or whatever, like, I don't talk like this. Um, but this is, this is special, man. Like, it, it really is. Um, if there's a, if there was a hunting hall of fame that I cared about, um, you know, I'd be putting your name in the hat uh, for, for pulling off something like this. It's just really incredible. So, yeah. Uh, And if, and if anyone thinks I'm overstating it, then, then go do it. Try it. (laughs) Never even been up there, but I can tell you that it'd be the hardest thing you've ever done in your life. So. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. No, thank you for coming on. And like I said, man, uh, love to hunt Wyoming with you any, any time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Since you're a resident now, I can scout world in this area. Yeah, buddy. Oh boy. Yeah, buddy. I, I'm really curious how many people, you know, I've actually, extended an offer to quite a few guys maybe half a dozen guys like hey come on up come on up and i'm 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 really curious to see how this application season goes if if everyone Uh, takes me up on it i'll be screwed if (laughs) i don't think most guys will but you know anybody that knows me real well i you know anytime i could go hunt with somebody that i that i'm figured out yeah we'll figure it out yeah i'll probably no wyoming will
1: probably be Season after next for me. I think I'm going to try and do Nevada this year. There you go. I've I'm yeah. a little bit familiar with that place too. So, I've I've been there once. <laughs> Remember,
0: <laughs>
1: I left a note in your tent. Oh yeah that that type of that type of Nevada hunt. Yeah. is that where you're yeah, looking?
0: I got you. I got you. Yeah, got you. yeah. Yep. That's how yeah, you can go back and give another shot. Yeah. No, that's uh man that's just home court you know that's like going back uh going back to your roots that's fun stuff down there so
1: gorgeous place that's the first back first backpack on it i ever went on was in there that same drainage really
0: yeah right below where you guys camped man i i camped. it's it's tough uh i don't know i every year that's the biggest battle i go through is what i'm gonna do in that state you know because you know, Nevada is that one where it's like, if you're not going to go after a unit like that, you know, you might as well just dig in for the long run because. Yeah, any, swing for the fences and hope to get lucky. Right. Any other tag, you're either going to pull one out of your hat or, you know, lucky, or you're going to take 10 plus years to even draw it. And, you um, know, half the time I'm just like, man, you might as well just go in there and chase 175 inch deer around, you know, if you can find them and, but we'll yeah, see. You know. You're not going to find a funner hunt once you get up there That that climb in there, kind of stinks. But
1: other than that, it's, it's an awesome place. Yeah. Early, you know,
0: it's early in the year. So, you know, you can get it kind of, it doesn't conflict with anything really. Yeah. So that's always nice, but well, cool Mm. buddy. I'll let you go. If anybody has questions for Sam, hit us up. Uh, Let's see. I haven't checked that email in a long time, but fine. We're going to fire this baby back up obviously. So, uh, hit me up on the Instagram or finding backcountry at gmail.com. So any last words, Sam? No, um, I actually, I take that back. Epstein didn't kill himself. <laughs> Love it. See you, buddy. <laughs> All right. Later, man. Hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to the finding Backcountry podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe and mention it to your friends, but the best thing you can do Leave a rating on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. For notes and links to this and other episodes, please visit FindingBackCountry.com.